Oh, mate. There's well, a problem when you have somebody on a football show who knows nothing about the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to Fire Up! I'm Dennis Carnahan, back from the brink of a post-COVID immune system shutdown hell and no longer cuffing, coughing up blood. Healed miraculously by the gentle smile of the rugby league gods, putting Ricky Stewart's Raiders' future into their own hands. Thank you, rugby league gods. And as I passenger out here on the wing, the spine of fire up, Chris Gale is still astonished at his Tigers finding new, creative, but astoundingly dumb ways to lose footy games. And the engine room, Redfern Pat. He's just looking for a home in his home territory. But Alistair Henskins and Dominic Perrottet, just like Little Britain's computer, say no. We've oft discussed on this show that behind the velvet curtain in the theatre of rugby league, there's a perpetual battle between the rugby league progressives and the rugby league conservatives. Progressives like the idea of protection of the players. They only see a future for the game of rugby league if the players are protected from head knocks, concussions and brain injuries. But then there's the old stages, the conservatives who love the brutal part of the brutal ballet. They say the game is already lost if we lose that physicality. This all came to a head... Pause that little gag there, head. In Friday night's Amy Park blockbuster between Robbo's Roosters and Bellamy's Storms, which drew a crowd roughly half that of the Collingwood's open to the public AFL semi final training session next door. Literally half. And predictably, the battle lines are drawn along the Fox Sports Channel 9 border. Friend of the show, Andrew Webby Webster, wrote in the Nine Herald, They wanted a street fight tonight, colon. Why Rugby League needs its thugs. He praised Robbo for praising the insuspendable cheap shot dog shot artist Jared Waria Hargraves. And he heaped praise on Nelson Asofa Solomona for continually attacking the head of opposition players. He loved it. Channel 9 loves it. Meanwhile, friends of the show Buzz Rothfield and Paul Kent on Fox were going on about the rod the NRL has made for its own back by not suspending these two dog shot, cheap shot, headshot artists. Battle lines are drawn. A line in the sand. If I can quote from Osh, a line in the sand. Go, Osh. Encourage them. Encouraging them with their fines, system and non-suspension. Andrew Abdo is clearly in the conservative nine camp. He positively reinforces the support of dog shots, cheap shots and headshots with his tabula rasa declaration at the start of the season. Records wiped clean. History erased like the burning of so many books or the desecration of so many libraries and temples just to declare that with JWH and NAS, it isn't their go with all of history and all of present and all of future shows. It is their go! But how does this stack up against the crackdown from just over 12 months ago? Wasn't it the protection of the head that was paramount? Well, as Chris Gale said on this very show, it's not headshots they're trying to rule out. It's only high shots. If the head is in the R, non toccare. Even by accident, hello Dale Fanook and hello Cohen Hess. On the ground, however, it's fair game. So NAS and JWH, the rye is freshly toasted. When you see a head on the ground, smash it like an avo. Chris Gale, I presume you were at Amy Park for that game, or were you next door at Collingwood's pre-season public training session? Well, I would have been at the former, Dennis, because no one loves a blockbuster more than me. But I was at Kudos Bank Arena last Friday night. Well, kudos to you. I was at, of course, Kiss's End of the Road 2022 tour. Now, I, of course, was at the 2001 End of the Road 2020 Kiss farewell tour at Kudos Bank Arena. (laughs) And people go that this is cynical, that they could still be on a farewell tour 21 years ago. Well, I give you the Bob Dylan Rolling Thunder review, which still rumbles on and I believe is yet to be completed. But I needed to pay homage to the Knights in Satanic Service, the wonderful band that is Kiss. And I just want to have this reflection before we move on to the main course, which, of course, is rugby league. Gene Simmons had turned 73 the day before. Good Lord. Now, he's known for his capacity to breathe fire, which Mm -hmm. he did. Oh, thank goodness. His capacity to spit blood, 
Yes. And then ascend to the ceiling for God of Thunder. Well, I had a crack at that. I haven't didn't get the bleeding the, the breathing fire bit though. Yeah, which he did. He played a song called War Machine, which the nine journalists suggested might be in poor taste in 2022. I say that song is in good taste no matter when it's performed. And it was written by Brian Adams of all people. Wow. That's Brian, not Ryan. The Canadian. But he can breathe fire, he can spit blood. And he is also a drool machine. I mean, the man is embracing the fact that he's now 73 years old. He constantly drools down the kabuki mask chin of the demon. And it was an extra highlight because I've never seen Kiss as loose as having as much fun as a band and stepping outside the choreography. It means that the end is nigh. But like the Wiggles and Kraftwerk, mark my words, your future generations will enjoy Kiss as they descend from the ceiling Doing Detroit Rock City, it'll just be different people under the masks. They won't be virtual. They're not going to go the virtual. They're not route. going to go to the Abbey route, No, I just just have they're to old, ask. They're, they're they're Channel Nine conservatives. They're not Fox progressives. Can I ask this one? As the lights came down, yes. as the the pre-show came to crescendo, did a voice come over the PA and say hello, Sydney? Let me do it for you. Now, not, for many years, traditionally, it was the Who's won't get fooled again. And you knew that they were about to go into it because you'd get that sequence of stuff going off the genius yes. of Pete Townsend in 1971. Oh. And then you get the Keith drum, drum feels, and then uh, Daltrey screaming, and then we go into the start. This one was uh, Rock and Roll um, by Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Haven't heard of him. Yeah. And you get the, the low electronic rumble, and then you get, oh. all right, Sydney. It's deeper you than that. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest oh. band in the world. Oh. Kiss. And they descend from the ceiling. It is a transcendent moment. I was there with luminaries like PJ Isaacson, our friend Andrew Rose, my partner Mary Jane, daughter Grace, John Gregory, son Matthias, and PWA heavyweight champion Ricky South, who can be heard on our home videos going, Whoa! It's a transcendent moment. It'll never get old, and that's why it should be passed on to future generations. Well, this sounds like it's a multi-generation feast anyway. And I'll tell you what. Just for you. And here's the, here's the bit of the trivia for you. Mm -hmm. If you go back to the Breakthrough album, which is Kiss Alive, of course. Yes. Uh, you'll hear the introduction, the hottest band in the land, Kiss. By the time we got to Kiss 2... They were the hottest, the band, hottest in the band in the world. And they've never lost that mantle, Dennis, in my view. This week, the USA. Next week, the world. 100%. Fantastic. But let's get back to it then. The, no, I wasn't at the game. The, the, <laughs> well, 20,000-odd people were, it turns out, and the Storms claimed 40,000 members, although half of those members were watching Collingwood training for a semifinal, not even playing, just training. It, there's, there's, there's nothing to do in Melbourne. It, Melbourne is so bereft of entertainment, so bereft of life, so bereft of culture. It claims it's a cultural capital. It claims it's a sporting capital. It's got nothing. So people turn up to a training run. Here's a personal insight that I have, Dennis, and you can take this to the bank. It's unique. It's mine. AFL's a religion in Melbourne. Is it? Yeah. But look, uh, I was feeling poorly as you have been. Of course, I've been turning up. You haven't. But uh, I actually wasn't feeling the best after the concert. You know, I'd expended a lot of energy. I'd sweated a lot. Uh, been on my feet for the best part of three hours. Not my favorite thing to do. But I bore witness to that game when I got home and um, and we might go into why these games take so long a little bit later today. Mm. And I was up till about three o'clock, but I was deeply rewarded by a magnificent clash of the titans, if I can call it that, be they well, JWH and NAS. Although um, when you say clash of the titans in a rugby league circle, you go, oh, yeah, disappointing, right. was yeah. it? Yeah. Fafita played for 17 <laughs> seconds, did he? Right. <laughs> yes, uh, big Tino. But uh, what a game. And don't you love that it is a microcosm? You've already highlighted the conservative-progressive debate that constantly goes on in society, more polarised now than ever before. Um, the nine fox imbroglio is reflected in so the many ways. line in the sand between them. Yeah, pretty much like how the old West Tigers board used to operate. We find an issue and <laughs> West to go one side of Balmain and go the other. And but now there is no Balmain. No, and that's, therefore I'd like to say hello to St. George Illawarra. But uh, here was a game where everybody goes, oh, my God, it's magnificent. They got stuck into each other. It's old school. We love to see it. We love to see it, but maybe not that much violence. And it's really the tightrope that rugby league finds itself on because here's another one of my personal insights. It's a collision game. Ooh. All right. And so apparently the issue is we want the collision 
but not too much collision. Well, this is the classic, it goes back to the classic Gell instance where he was fined for punching Nate Miles? Nate Miles in the head three times. And Nate Miles sat there and <laughs> said, have you seen how big my head is? You think three punches are going to do anything to this head? And it did nothing to him. And Gell very cleverly said, well, if, if you're going to punish me for it, don't be using it in promos. But, of course, it gets used in promos over and over and over again. So they're trying to discourage it at the same time they're positively encouraging it by putting it in promos. Yeah, it's it's hard to fathom, but... There seems to be some sort of inversion going on. You made reference to the fact that I think I've actually said that they've got to be concerned with head tackles, not high tackles, because wherever the head is, they seem to think that it's got to be protected until it's on the ground. Mm. But isn't there some inversion going on where it's now the legs? Well, yeah. So this is the thing. If if you do, if there's even a sniff that you might have done a hip drop tackle. Hello, Lindsay Collins. Hello, Lindsay Collins. You're gone for weeks. Except if you're Felice Cavusi. Except if you're Felice Cavusi, because big club theory comes in. This you've got to remember all the variables and there's, and damage and, and this field goal and, and the, the unifying theory of Gus and damage. But it, and this comes back to the old adage that it's remember this from junior rugby when I was a child. Don't hit them in the head. They can run without a head. They can't run without legs. So the hip drop is even older school. So they're trying to rub out the even older school of a legs tackle. And they're trying to rub out the middle old school. No, they're trying to no rub out the middle old school of the head clash when it's high, but on the ground, smash it. So this is actually one of the things that Gus Gould and the unifying theory of Gus has dwelt with, dwelt on for a long period of time. He says you pretty much can deal with any injury above the waist, yep. but if it's below the waist, i.e., tupu groin strain, you're in big trouble. Well, Josh Papali'i. Um, copped one in the nuts, as they say. Yeah. Um, he was fine. I get hurt. There were <laughs> gentlemen around the country. Well, probably not that many who watched that, that particular well, game. We're saying a lot of hellos because I say hello to Tom Dearden right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Tommy can't play on, but Josh got up and played on. Yeah, but it seems to me that... There was no rupturing. This that, is that now the legs are sacrosanct because uh, Collins got four weeks, didn't fight it, would have got five. Kafusi is impossible to explain except for big club theory probably kicking in there. But if you look at all the things that went on, Asafa Solomona on Suawalihi, Swalahihi, is it? Swalihi. Swalihi. Gee, I listened to the game and uh, I then I watched some of the highlights of it and boy, there was the number of pronunciations of that name. I guess like at pace when you've been told this is how it's said, no, no, this is how it's said, at pace in the heat of the moment, it's very hard to reopen that filter and change the filter and go, no, it's this one here. So Swahali, Swahali. whereas... Uh, no, no, her. There's yeah. no her. It's not Swahali. Right. It's not... Swa'alihi. 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 Brandy did go... So, uh, what did he go? Swahili at one stage. Swahili. He it's did. inevitable. <laughs> uh, you had Munster with the cheap elbow and Sam Walker with the old Annesley get out of jail card in, but it insufficient was, force. I was, it was beautiful how the Roosters fans that I know, I know you know a number of Roosters fans, just blowing up about that and and saying, but Jared did nothing. Jared did nothing. Jared's an angel. He did nothing. Well, if you look at the video, after the warning had been issued summarily by the referee, Jared came in with, wasn't the, the contact and the tackle, it was the rubbish on the face. And I mean, there was all sorts of rubbish. There was the, the nut work. There was the, the chinning. chinning. There was hands. There was everything. But you look at what happened. Like Munster, like I love the fact that an elbow is merits a concerning letter, which Braith and Astor on 360 last night seemed to be perplexed. What's a concerning letter? Like as if Braith doesn't have a manila folder full of them. So this is a letter of concern. Yeah. Saying he received a letter of concern. We, we saw the sneaky elbow. It wasn't that hard, so we're not going to do anything about it. So I mean, talk about all the factors. Now the force of the illegality seems to come into play here. So the Solomona, JWH, they all got fines. JWH could get binned after the warning, but they all end up with fines and letters of concern. Now, Martin Lang's not happy about it. I can tell you that. He's beside himself. I have to ask, JWH uh, got binned. <laughs> when some foul play happens and the referee calls the captains over and says, I'm drawing a line in the sand. That's right. And then Osher says again, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Any more foul play, any more rubbish... People are sitting down. I'm drawing a line in the sand. How is the referee to make it clearer that you're to stop? And how, in that sense, does JWH come in immediately? Immediately, he sees the line in the sand and says, ha-ha, I'm over the line in the sand. He, 
I think Osher will be right to be angry at JWH because referees like to control the game. It's kind of their job. And JWH has taken that away. Referees like that their their power is to say, I'm gonna send you off. I'm making an executive decision to send you off. He had no choice. JWH this is like when my child was being naughty, when he was a very young child would say, Right, that's it, Darcy, you have to go and sit in your thinking chair. And he had to go to his room because we didn't want to make his room a punishment. He had to go and sit in his chair and think. It was called the thinking chair. Now, there was a particular day where Darcy was having a hissy fit. I can't remember what about. It might have been about not having coconut shells or something. And he's having, he's like, right, that's it. I'm going to my thinking chair. He's taken the power. That's right. That's what JWH did. He, he said, you. you think you're the referee. You think you can send me. You, I'm taking the power. I'm giving you no choice. Bang! Headshot. Dog yeah. shot. Yeah. High shot. Cheap shot. I don't know. Was it Foucault, the philosopher who talked about, you know, the freedom of the will or something? But uh, I tell you what, though, there's a lot of thought about where the real problem lies coming out of the progressive camp we'll talk about in a moment. But the old Tory himself, the Maggie Thatcher of rugby league, i.e. Trent Robinson, his response <laughs> to JWH's symbiote was, I don't know what he got sent for. The man is physical and that's what we love about the game. So there he is basically proposing... Pro- Proposing violence is the way to go forward. But is he an idiot, idiot Robbo? I mean, could he possibly argue that he didn't know what he got sent for? Well, it turns out he had lots of supporters, which were my mates on the Roosters WhatsApp, <laughs> who were completely perplexed why JWH was put in the bin. Now, I tell you what, um, the problem, uh, according to the progressive, lies not with the players, not with Nelson, not with um, JWH, but, of course, with the match review committee as part of the NRL yes. machine. And yes. if you look at Nelson's statistics in recent years, 16 times he's pleaded guilty out of 17 to grade one charges under the old system, seven weeks accumulative, he's missed. But when they, as you suggested in your opening, they wiped the slate clean. He's had five grade ones this year. He's pleaded guilty to a lot of them. Hasn't missed a moment of the rugby league. Uh, though, again, Graham Annesley in his back pocket has a PDC, Dennis. Do you know a what PDC? Does he? Are you per- um <laughs> a personal detection chronometer? It's, a a, a P. It sounds like what, what uh, you could buy from BlackBerry Professional before, detective before, certificate? Before smartphones. No, personal deterrent charge. Personal deterrent charge. So Graham Annesley can unilaterally decide that if the grade one offences and the fines out of your hip pocket are not having the effect, he can slap a PDC and turn a grade one into a grade two. Which is the reverse of what they did to James Tarnock. So this is there. this is like he's picked this up. He's going around the board. He's picked this up in community chest. <laughs> he's <laughs> picked right. up a PDC. So are there any checks and balances on the PDC, or is it entirely at? No, it's um, totally at Annesley's discretion, as far as I can see. But I, I would but, so Felix can just reach into his bag of tricks, yeah. <laughs> pull out a PDC. But I would argue he's using it sparingly. It clearly, based, based on Solomon, sparingly as in none. Asafa Solomon's track record. I have a theory about Nelson. I think he's actually uh, ripe for a career change because I hear he's actually might be done with rugby league. I want that guy in my professional wrestling troupe, PWA, because he has the ability to come crashing down with an elbow and simulate what appears to be contact, cracking teeth and whatever. But, of course, according to the MRC, he misses every time. And there's no force. And don't tell me that Radley's not into it. If you saw Radley attempt to do an Undertaker choke slam on Big Nelson early in the game. Well, I think he was actually going the Darth Vader. Yeah. You will tell me where the plans are. Anyway, I believe this is all classic Melbourne. They always have to get the, the victim complex into the semifinals and go, hey, they're picking on a star for Solomona, despite the fact that JWH got fined, Lindsay <laughs> Collins got four weeks, and JWH was sent to the bin. So uh, fun times ahead. Uh, but I really do feel that Melbourne like to have their cake and, dare I say, eat it, Dennis. Now, we know that... Um Bellyache loves a bit of music theatre, mm-hmm. loves to take the boys to music theatre. Um, would I be fair in saying he's a quite a literary fan as well? I'm, I'm, I'm well just read. wondering, because he didn't go to the press conference because he had a migraine. Well, no. Uh, Stephen Carney, uh, a super assistant coach, said he had a bad headache and he said, a migraine you might call it. What I'm wondering is, is there some... Dorian Gray stuff going on here mm. that this is how the Melbourne Storm players continue on because Bellamy, he's a very fit man. We know that. He's fitter than all the players. He's up running for, you know, in preseason. He beats them all in the preseason runs. Is he, in fact, somehow Dorian Gray style taking on their injuries? So this is why he's so affronted by JWH because it's actually his head. He's transmuted himself to take the head knocks from JWH. Then he comes back out to let the players play. That is the genius of the man and that's why the Melbourne Storms will miss him terribly when he goes, Dennis. But he never will. Never. Until that painting is found.
But then, of course, the biggest game of the weekend, the Raiders and the Sea Eagles. Well, wasn't your boy turning out for the Sea Eagles that you coached in the Asquith Magpies? Well, yeah, Kyo Weeks did turn up, but they, they didn't put him on until way too late. The game was long gone by the right. time they put Kyo on there, and he couldn't do what I, all the things I and taught him. poor old Charles Nickel Kuchstad didn't get a run. Oh, well, he got a run in reserve grade. And could you see he was overcome with emotion? Absolutely overcome that with emotion. That is just how relieved people are when they realise they're leaving the Raiders <laughs> and getting out of Sticky's clutches. Absolutely. But there was there were some problems in the game for the Raiders. Now, yes, they, they put on quite a score. Tommy Starling dropped the ball. But there was an even bigger problem with one of the Raiders' fan favourites, um, Big Red. Corey Horsburgh. He's no longer Big Red. He's just now... Well, he's he's lost a lot of weight because he had some mystery virus, so he's medium size. He's no longer red, so he's now just medium. Yeah, he's he's a nude nut. And let's have a listen to what happened to him. Um, he's a real character, and and he, uh, I think it was Joey Taps showed me the um, the photo of the haircut he actually got, and let me tell you. The, the haircut he's got now is better than the shit one he got before. <laughs> he got a bad haircut and he went home with the shits and shaved it off. <laughs> Just confirm he went home with a bad haircut and got rid of the rest. Wow. Cooper Cronk at the end there. Thanks, Cooper. Lovely to hear from you. I'm very lucky to be going on a tour of the Tiger Centre of Excellence tomorrow, Dennis. I can't uh-huh. tell you how excited I am. And oh. there, there is a barber there. So, And this, I believe, is the future of rugby league whether your club is providing adequate and decent and acceptable barber shop facilities. And clearly Canberra are behind the eight ball here. Are you suggesting that Corey Horsburgh may in fact be you're headhunting him? The Tigers are trying to get him. That's why they put it in. To that get would be Corey. the major pitch. It wouldn't be our junior pathways development program. It wouldn't be a celebrity apprentice led coaching tilt. It'll be the fact that you can get personal barber services 24 seven. And that's so important to the modern player. Dennis. I think that's actually what motivates them more often than not. hundred percent. Well, look, it was, it was a fascinating haircut and the idea that uh, Corey had a worse haircut prior to it, but it, it I know it reminded you of someone, Chris. Well, it did. It. it did. There's two things to come out of this. First of all, if I can go back to the Centre of Excellence, uh, Tim Sheens has said that you'll be able to improve to improve in the Centre of Excellence. And that's sort of, again, will appeal to Corey. You'll improve your improvement. So you can go from bad to less bad in the haircut thing through the Tiger's bespoke barbershop. So this is acceleration. It's not just speed. It's about acceleration. It's, Minutes per second per second. Improvement per improvement per improvement. Improve your improvement. It's not absolute. It's relative. Yes. And, and of course, Sticky Stewart was heard in amongst the uh, various uh, luminaries there. I don't know if you caught Sticky on 100% footy last night, but he, he's one of those guys who puts the camera around the groin region yep. and in the zoom and it looks up at you. And during the discussion, he's talking about the departing assistant coaches, which I believe are McFadden and White, if I'm correct. Both going. A lot of, a lot of Raiders backroom are going. And he starts talking about what he looks for an assistant coach. There was someone talking about Justin Holbrook is looking for an assistant coach who's got intellectual property, whatever that means, uh, for the Titans. But as he's talking, suddenly the phone rings and Ricky starts swiping across the screen. And it was Nathan Brown. Oh, it wasn't Justin Holbrook the, looking for a job? The, the brown, <laughs> No, the brown polish. I'm telling you, this is how 100% 24-7 rugby league is these days. Wow. Ricky says, I'm looking for someone. And Nathan goes, hello, <laughs> I'm here. But, so you think Nathan was actually watching and yeah. saw it? Wow. Yeah, but... Bef- but the belief in the end, I think, with the final look, given that the Mohawk didn't take, is it's been pointed out that Corey looks like the character, the Kurgan from the marvellous vehicle Highlander. What a great film that was. What a marvellous... I might go home this evening and watch that. And I believe that the likes of Deacon, May, Taylor and Mercury knew exactly who they were imagining would come into their future <laughs> when they penned this ditty about Corey Horsburgh. <laughs>
And now, it's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. But Michael, but Michael Bublé is a really cool dude. He's a very cool he's dude. A really cool, I mean, how would you like to be able to sing like that? He's, yeah. he's a really cool dude. And that was the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. He might be trying to fire them up, do you think? Fascinating insights from Gus, as always. Um, but that brings us, after the, the head clash hero business in Melbourne, it brings us to this week's big game, the Rabbits and the Roosters. Gosh, I thought you were going to say Raiders v Tigers like oh. a <laughs> Well, that's the last clash. Uh, oh, boy. Will you be there, Chris? Yes, I will be there. Will you be in your box? I'll be in there. I'm coming to steal some prawns. It's, it's a sweet dentist, please. You're sweet. Sorry, yes, I'll... Well. I won't be in a Respect the process, Dennis. I'll be working. But the Rabbits Roosters, the opening of, what's it called? Unnecessary Stadium. Unnecessary Stadium. <laughs> the missing jewel in the crown. Yes. The hole in the crown. And you've had a tour of the stadium, Chris. What did you make of it? Well, I had the opportunity to chat about this last week with Redfern Pat, mm. and we were taken um, very kindly by the agency of Stephen Gorry, who's been on this show, works for Venues New South Wales, took me in the great Would seat. you call him friend of the show? I'd call him friend of the show. Mm. And he took us around the venue with Stephen Ferris, who, of course, brought the noise at the Sunday opening along with Baker Boy and Guy Sebastian and co. At the opening, Ferris was on the proverbial and actual wheels of steel wow. bringing the noise. And so Stephen wanted to familiarise himself. And uh, one of the things that really struck us about the tour was that we went past all the stock bars that were ready in anticipation of the opening and Gorry did not offer us a beverage at any stage during the tour. And I think that's a harbinger of, you know, there's already concerns about what Hems is charging for a beer. Mm. And uh, one would argue that there was a $1.5 billion budget allocated for the stadium. They only spent 828 and it might look that way. But it's spacious. There's better disabled access. There are more toilets depending on your gender preference. Uh, there are bars everywhere. You can walk around the more toilets per person. Yes, more bars per person, and allegedly queuing for toilets and queuing for bars at halftime will be a thing of the past. Hundred percent. And what I love about this is that it's a stadium for the people, Dennis. Is it? Yeah. No matter what Peter Fitzsimon says, and you know, kudos to incoming sportsman or Alistair Henskins, whose fingerprints are all over this <laughs> in the two minutes he's been in the job. Because my take on it, particularly after the tour. And the opportunity to watch the fan hosted by Lara Pitt and Andrew Voss, both friends of the show, was that the amenity that they're providing the general public mm-hmm. has been done at the cost of the players and the media. Yes. So you go into the coach's box. I'll post a picture of this as many friends the coach's box. I could barely swing a dead cat in there, let alone my arms, right? And then Lara showed us. The warm-up group. Now, you know we're used in Origin to seeing the warm-up area up at Suncor, which is like a virtually oh, indoor Or a stadium Australia. Indoor football field, right? And, you know, there's tackle bags going and players on headphones in quiet contemplation yep. in corners. Lara goes, here's where the players warm up. And she basically stretched her arms out. And she's virtually touching the walls. They've compromised on the space for the players and the media simply to provide better amenity for the rugby league paying public. So I think this is a tremendous, tremendous outcome. A tr- <laughs> <laughs> and and finally, I know people were concerned about the acoustics and how it would sound. Mm. And here is some unique audio of what you can expect on Friday night, Rabbits and Roosters. Go, you tigers! Oh, that delay. How that good is echo, that delay? Those early reflections. Oh, that's wonderful. The long tail. You don't even need to put any reverb on it. It's well. It, there's natural reverb. Now, now, just having a little look that um, Western Sydney Stadium, currently Combank. commercially known as Combank, previously commercially known as what was it, Bank West? Yes, Bank it? West. Um, so Parramatta Stadium, Cumberland Oval. Well, it's Western Sydney Stadium, native um, bushland. <laughs> it was built as built for three hundred million dollars, right? And it seats thirty thousand people. Yep. Um, so this one was built for hundred million dollars uh, 825 million dollars um has an extra 10,000 seats and yet has totally. half half the broadcast space half the players warm up space <laughs> how did they do it 
How did they do it? How did they stuff it up? Philanders is dead right. It's unnecessary. It's just for the Roosters. Why would you put a 42,000-seat stadium in the home of the Roosters? The Waratahs aren't going to fill that. Sydney FC aren't going to fill You could play all three of them at the same time. And they still wouldn't fill it up. You know government process, Dennis, and it's all about box ticking. And one of the boxes they have to tick is community assets. So they solve this the same way at all these new stadiums. They put an outdoor basketball court there, right? (laughs) And Lara actually finished her piece on the fan (laughs) at the outdoor basketball court. And they're visionaries because they don't just have an adult-sized ring. They've got a kiddie-sized ring as well, right? And a bit of crazy paving. And they just go, it's open. Is there some public graffiti on the wall as well? It's open 24-7. I said, said, the last thing I'll be doing is going out for a bit of hoops, maybe 3 o'clock on a Saturday night around that area. I mean, Paddington, it's the mean streets, right? Well, you never know. The the police like using tasers in that area for falling asleep on it. That's right. And they haven't haven't given a suitable memorial to the police work on Curtis Scott at that eucalypt tree outside the Rugby Australia HQ. But it's a salutary lesson if you take the high tops down late (laughs) on a Friday or Saturday night. It may not end up well for you. But the community asset thing is interesting to me because I encourage everyone to get down there and make use of that wonderful community asset, which I repeat is a few monkey bars <laughs> and a basketball hoop or two because there's actually a Lego-like uh, statue piece or toy piece of some rugby union players in a line-out. And it's very, very discordant. Is that you know It's meant to be the home of Sydney FC, the Waratahs and the Roosters, but there seems to be a rugby union statue. Is this like Minecraft? Asset. Kind yeah, of very, very reminiscent of Minecraft. A bit statuary. So it does get a feeling that, you know, well, I think the media and the players, again, have sacrificed space for the community asset. Uh, uh, is it too late to call for a rebuild? Well, I don't think it is. It's a worry that it's $825 million when Combank was 300 Yet bizarrely, Ref and Pat's Roosters, that's for Roosters, Rabbitohs, if I open up the NRL thing, it goes, it's a no-brainer, Rabbitohs players back SFS return. They want in on it. And on this, Dennis. Well, because they will actually draw a crowd because it's actually close to Redfern. They might actually fill those seats. And the, and I did love it. One of the tours I was given, they were saying, so you'll see the seats. They're all in Roosters' colours. No, they're in blue. They're in they're in Roosters' Anzac Day colours because they couldn't afford red dye and they could only afford sky blue, not the dark blue, not the royal blue. So <laughs> they're in the, the jersey they wear once a decade. They're in that colours. There's no red. There's blue of Waratahs, even though the Waratah is, of course, a red flower, the state flower of New South Wales. And it's not a Waratah, for God's sake. If we're going to say the names of our Pacifica players properly, why don't we give the the state flower the respect it's due and say it Waratah? It's not Waratah. You don't emphasise any syllables in there. And at least they're not calling it the Waratahs, but the Waratah is an anglicisation and a the blasphemous anglicisation of a beautiful indigenous word, Warta. Can I just say Swa'alihi and also uh, in credit to Kevin's young bloke who debuted for the Sharks, Iro. Iro. And now the thing about this is that, let's face it, it's and Pat highlighted this last week as well. I mean, contracts aren't worth the paper or the, the megabytes. That they're meaningless. On, right, they're meaningless. But what concerns me is that trend has been reinforced by none other illuminary than our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. Oh, what's he done? Albanese is full bottle. Let's come back to Alliance and let's punt Acor despite the agreement that the Rabbitohs have signed. This lack of respect for the rule of law from our Prime Minister really, really concerns me. So this is even more than those uh, tax cuts for high-income earners if you're going <laughs> to... Hey, which you voted for. Hey, we're locked in on those. <laughs> what can I tell you? And of course, Albo, I don't think we've ever seen. I mean, Morrison was just artifice and facade and it wasn't for real, right? You know, like he basically didn't know where the Shire was until he needed to get elected. Uh, but Dude, Al- he was parachuted but in. I, I believe Albo is something that we've never really experienced before at this level, which is a hands-on rugby league prime minister. Well, he's the, he's the first one. Bobby Hawke actually had some... Feel for the Raiders. He but liked he, your but team, he, yeah. but he's an Adelaide boy. Hey, well, he was didn't grow up with it. I had a feeling he was Perth boy, wasn't he? I, I thought he was a child of the Federation. Oh, well, well, I, I just saw him at Fremantle one day in a restaurant. <laughs> I thought, well, you know, must be from Western Australia. But prior to and that, can I say, very charismatic man. Name the other Prime Minister who's been a, a big rugby league fan. It's hard to say. Oh, it, it's a trick question. Howard, of course, was number one member for St George, but you know, that which was, of course it was nothing to do with his electorate. No, which he was, was a fascinating Canterbury thing. Boy. But the reason I say this is, first of all, Albo's trying to get his grubby mitts all over the isolation period for COVID to uh, unleash Damien Cook, and who's currently under COVID protocols. And 
hopefully while we're still on, we'll find out whether in fact the Roosters and Rabbits have both named reserve grade teams because this uh, stadium owner could be next to meaningless. <laughs> but it's also the fact that he's clearly and vocally advocating for the move back to Allianz. And I just think we need to put a little red flag or a Cardinal or Myrtle flag and watch this space because I'd hate to think that our nation's leader actually would undo all the good work that Peter Valandis is doing. Well, what I'd like to do, and this, this to me, this is the ultimate battle line, the battle line I'd like to see drawn, the battle line of Commonwealth v. State, the battle line of Federation v. State, the power balance there. Because I, I, personally, as a child of the Federation, I say, abolish the states, get rid of the states. And Elbow is sitting, he is treading on the toes of friend of the show, Alistair Henskins. He's treading on the toes of friend of the show, Dominic Perrottet. He's stomping on their toes with his federal rabbitos feet. So would you go uh, abolish the states but keep state of origin? That could be a really challenging You'd keep the states. You'd keep the states as a, as a throwback to history. Ceremonial. Now, look, there's one thing about Sassini that's come to light that I think is just so potent and powerful we'll need to bring in Redfern Pat after the break. But uh, I would like to just quickly focus on Dean Ritchie's article about Albo's night out at the Cowboys game at the former home, as if he would get his way, uh, home of the Rabbits, Acor Stadium. ANZ Stadium, Castle Stadium, Chelsea, the Olympic Stadium, 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 Stadium Australia, home of Australian sport. Uh, in an article uh, with the subtitle, A Few Beers and a Bunny's Triumph Leave PM Anthony Albanese in Heaven, writes Dean Ritchie, this is what we're letting ourselves in for with Albo in the driver's seat. Albanese strolled to the bar before working his back through punt, working it should say working his way back through punters to his table where he and his partner Jody Hayden enjoyed their beer. These are his type of people, knockabout footy fans who enjoy an <laughs> ale. Albo sits on a table alongside Peter Chow, CEO of South's major sponsor MG. Motivators, oh, yeah, knockabout! Along with Vice Admiral. Mark Hammond, Chief of the Australian Navy, and Rabbitoh CEO Blake Solly. Knock them out. I repeat, these are his type of people. Knock about footy fans who enjoy an ale. I think Elbow's <laughs> pulled the wool over our eyes. I don't think that was his Newtown jersey he woke up the day after he won the election. I think that was given to him by an advisor. And I'm concerned that he's actually, by stealth, sabotaging our great game of rugby league in order to impress his friends like CEO of MG and Admiral, what's his name? So I have to say, is he a unionist in league clothing? That's what I want to know. As in rugby unionist, <laughs> a rugbyist in rugby clothing. Oh my god! I did when I heard that there was a photo of, that had been leaked of Elbow in a Newtown jersey. I did wonder if it was a typo. It was actually Elby because that that would seem a lot more natural. <laughs> um, but let's 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 move forward to what everyone wants to know, Chris. Do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind? I sure do, Dennis. And first of all, can I just draw attention to the fact that the Arara Valley Axemen are in this their grand final this Sunday, 4th of September, at the Caramba Sports Ground, Caramba, I should say, Caramba Sports Ground, which I think is where the cafe is. The court oh, yep, highlighters yep, yep. too with the uh, chili con carne pies. They take on the South Grafton Rebels. That's just got to be a walkover in my view. Surely. There's an undercard with Rezies, uh, they call it, not Reggie's, uh, the ladies tag and the under 18. But the Axemen go for all the marbles this Sunday, and we wish them well, and it'll be a great triumph for Sam Burgess as he's cleared to return to Pat's Rabbitohs. But my axe to grind is this. Now, you would have heard that um, originally several Brisbane players were upset with uh, the spray given to them by Kevin Walters after their 53-6 to walloping at the and hands Kevin's of And Kevin's a lover. Yeah, he's, he's a cuddler. But he's, you know, he's really given it to them, and apparently it was two players. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't been identified. But Steve Ranoff... You know, and we talk about good guys in rugby league, right? And good guy rules and concessions. Yeah. James Tamo, top of the queue. Steve Ranoff has gone to the voice piece of Twitter and has gone, precious soft privilege knobs, <sighs> K-N-O-B-S, exclamation mark. Toughen up, boys, exclamation mark. Now, if I was writing that tweet, I would have probably put two exclamation marks on the screen. Yeah, I might have gone um, weak-gutted dogs, yeah, personally. Right. Weak-gutted <laughs> dogs. Nice Can't tweet. take a kick. Nice. But I, I guess... My axe to grind is why has this taken so long for you, Steve? Because, you know, 
every story about you is you're a great guy, the headgear, how about it, what about the try in the 91, 92 grand final, whatever it was. Length of the field. Length of the field, like, you know, he's been an ornament and to the game. why did he drop Sangster off his surname? Right. That's what I always wanted. We like people who want to have a go in rugby league and get involved. And get fired up! And exactly, get fired up. And Fire up, Susie Why in 2022 Renoff. are we finding out that Steve Renoff is able to, can I say, author this pearl of wisdom? Oh! Precious, soft, privileged knobs. Toughen up, boys. Thank you, Stephen Renoff. I just wish it hadn't taken you so long. That is my Aurora Valley axe to grind. Well, that's an excellent axe to grind. Now, before we move into the, the fan favourites, Media Watch and 47 Texters, can we just start a new segment and can we call it Volandis Watch? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> what have we got? Okay, Peter Volandis. Now, look, th- there's been a bit to reflect on with the great man over recent times. I have for so long been meaning to read out this personal assessment from Peter Volandis, and I don't think it's body dysmorphia. I might be wrong in using that term. But um, he, it, in the article, he said that Peter Volandis will never be known as Too Tall Jones. Uh, having said that, nobody threw a larger shadow over the Australian sporting landscape in the COVID era than the ARL chair, commission chairman himself, all five foot nine of him. And Volandi said, I look shorter because I've got short legs. Most people are 51% legs and 49% upper body. <laughs> but I'm the opposite. It's, so Peter Volandi is only 49% legs and it really just puts a different perspective on everything that the man has done, hasn't it? He's had to deal with that all his life. Well, I think you'll find Peter Volandi, that's entirely wrong. It's, most people aren't 49% legs. It's about maybe 30 to 40% legs. And what you'll find, I, I've heard this, I'm, I'm from Irish potato farming stock. That's my <laughs> heritage. Now, we, we were born to have short legs and long torsos. And that's so it's easy for us to reach to the ground pick up the potato, or it would have been the turnip prior to that, pick up the turnip, and the aristocrat, such as yourself, riding past on the horse with the long legs to sit on the horse. The long-legged aristocrats, they, it's, the, it's the working class that pick the turnips and hand it up to them. That's why they have such long legs, uh-huh. to keep them out of the muck, out of the mud. So Peter's saying that he's down with us. He's a turnip farmer, a Greek turnip farmer. God love him. Dennis, I don't know what you're talking about, but could you get me a latte, please? Now... <laughs> Uh, in other um, Volandi's news, he was spotted at Mr. Wong's, another Hermes <laughs> establishment, obviously getting used to the feel of what he was going to get at Unnecessary Stadium. And he was lunching with New South Wales Premier slash Deputy Leader of the Liberal Party, Matt Keane. Um, Premier? Uh, you mean Deputy Premier? Deputy Premier. I hope yes. I said that. Um, former uh, Environment Minister. And apparently they spent most of the time discussing the fortunes of the Dragons. So it was a fairly um, dour lunch. Because now Matt Keane, since becoming deputy leader, he's gone a little bit of the Corey Horsburgh haircut. He's he's taken it off. Yeah, no, he's he's really been nutted. Uh, Volandi's boycotted the opening of Unnecessary Stadium. Did not, he? Not to make the point that it was unnecessary, but he was given access via the agency of the NRL to Stephen Ferris's proposed playlist. And he said, too much house, too much ABBA, not enough ACDC. So he boycotted, but he will be there on Friday night, as I believe we all will be. Wow. But I, and I keep saying there's no bigger fan of the Dark Overlord, so Peter Volandi's PVL than me. Yeah. And I want to pay homage to the extent of the genius that this evil man has been able to reap. <laughs> because it was Peter Volandi's who came into this game made sweeping rule changes off the back of the first lockdown. Can you say unilateral? Can you drop in unilateral? Unilateral. Unconsulted. Were there checks and balances? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. They didn't trial it in, like, for example, irrelevant fixtures like Titans versus um, Warriors or something like that. Unfettered? Way he went, right? And he said, because let's face it, the game has not been entertaining for 20 years. And we know the big one. It's the six again rule, right? And he goes, we need to speed the game up. It's too slow. The wrestle. People hate watching wrestling. And everyone goes, he's a saviour. He's brought back the game. And you're sitting there saying, people love watching wrestling. 100%. Because remember, he said, we beat COVID. Turns out everyone's got it now. But anyway... And so everyone goes, thank you, Peter Volandis. Thank you for what you've done for our game. You've speeded it up. Rugby League is going to be a terrific spectacle. Now, we know what happened last year, which was just blowout after blowout. So that was the first problem. And the Panthers won. That's right. And he made the correction with, you know, in the the 40-metre territory, it's a penalty, not a thing, just a little bit of a course correction to that particular innovation. But the narrative of Peter Volandis is the man who saved Rugby League by speeding the game up. Whereas, in fact, we are now sitting through Endless HIA assessments and protocols 
take the Campbell Graham Cohen Hess situation at a critical moment after that Kyle felt masterpiece of a try that the Rabbitohs needed to slow it down. So we're endlessly watching players being assessed, taken off, removed, while the defensive returned. line gets a rest, gets their heart rate down, gets reoxygenates their blood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Captain's challenge, uh, and if the teams keep being successful, we can endure six to eight challenges. Every try must be confirmed. So as I said, I came home from Kiss. I watched Roosters versus Storm. I was up for three hours. The games are going for over two hours, and these are all under Volandi's watch. Hmm. The man who sells that he speeded the game up has slowed it down. More sponsors' messages for more eyeballs for longer. The man has single-handedly turned our game into a snooze fest <laughs> under the illusion that he sped it up. Peter Volandi's, I 100% salute you. My question that's come out of this with the captain's challenge, on the weekend, I think it was, it wasn't Bucky. It might have been, um, oh, who's, who's the new boy? The oh, dark uh, Toby, Toby Smith. Not Tob, no, there's Tob, oh, no, not Smith. Not, so this uh, Smith is the um, the Shermanator, the mm-hmm. redhead. There's yes. the other one. He's a good ref, by the way. Yeah, the Shermanator's a very good ref. He's yeah. done a great job. But there's another one. It's not Manuel, who's shaved his moustache off, so it can't be called Manuel yeah, anymore. Yeah, no, Goff. No. It's not Goff. No, there's another one. Yeah, uh, and it was that Liam Martin. Not Liam Martin. Liam, <laughs> Liam, Liam. His name's Liam. Gallagher. No, not Liam Gallagher. Uh, anyway, Liam. Good old Liam. He, an infringement was done and he's gone, do you want a challenge? You can challenge if you want. Knowing full well that he got it right. So this led to the suspicion that in fact the referees have got a little WhatsApp chat and they're sitting there and they're having at the Cole Pierce medal, there's going to be the unofficial Cole Pierce medal, which is who had the most correct ca- captain oh, yeah. challenges that proved them right, right and had the most that kept them wrong. Is there a stat kept on that? Does Fox, does the Fox lap, Pat, does SEN, Pat have that stat of how many captain's challenges have been had against which referees and how many they've gotten right? Not, not that I, th- who is it? It's, it's Bundaberg Rum that's sponsoring the captain's challenge, right? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> they are getting cases of Bundy just turning up on their doorsteps. <laughs> In the hope that they'll just continue to encourage players, to and use they it. are. Yeah. God, I put. I actually had the opportunity here's, to put this to Kevy. Yes. To, to uh, what's his what's his uh, Kevy? Kevy's real name, um, Shane Hayne. Your Kevy problem Hayne. is you know all the rest by their nicknames. You don't actually know what they're called. <laughs> no, I don't. But I put it to Kevy, and I said, "This wouldn't happen in your day, would it, Kevy? Because you never made a mistake." He's like, "Well, that's right. <laughs> never made a mistake. Got it wrong. Never got it wrong." Everyone wants to say that when they introduced the replay, you know, it was mainly to sell more Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right. Yeah. Here's my conspiracy theory: that the referees are deliberately making errors, which they know will be challenged, which will get <laughs> the sponsors' messages up onto the screen. A little bit of Bundy. I don't know where that bear is right now. Try and find him. Comes to the uh, the referees' hutch during the game. This is the genius. That's. As I said, the Dark That's Overlord. Horse and it, Horse Maxwell's right. complicit. Because I, you know you used to budget for a rugby league game. Okay, it starts at 7.30. We'll be done by about 9.20. Well, nah, uh-huh. no way anymore. 10 o'clock. Right, seriously. It's it's yeah. a, it's a commitment now. It's heading towards, dare I say, at AFL. Are you saying there's a Bundy bunker within the bunker? Oh, I think there's a Bundy the bunker. The KFC bunker within, has a Bundy bunker. Yeah. <sighs> Look, I'm getting a bit emotional well, you should do. from all this, Chris. And I, I, I got very emotional on the weekend. In fact, I got so emotional that I had to edit one of my songs and I'm going to drop it in here. This is a farewell song to one of my favourites. Ricky needed a number one After Anthony Milford had flown And Rappana tried But he wasn't quite right So they signed James Tedesco But he backflipped They gave Jack White a go Jack's best at six They still needed a number one When Andrew McFadden came home He said, I'll fix that Signed Nichols Clarkstad He's stuck behind RTS He's worth a try He gives his very best Every single time Take a chance on a chance Take a chance on a chance Oh, when he runs his like he's dancing You never see him walking He keeps a life together Likes to make a line break Not sure about his haircut The long hair suited better But you know there is No one as pure as him When he was on Philly set to the pin It was tragic He even plays through pain At the end of the game 
It's been an emotional week. Four good years here at this club. So grateful for all the memories that I've been able to share with, the, with these boys. So grateful for this club, for the opportunity. And I'm so glad that I'll forever be Breda 355. The vast majority of it, 99% of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel 9. I've been covering football for decades and I did not understand it. First matter for Media Watch Dennis is mm-hmm. that um, SEN Pat, uh, I got the ass from SEN, so SEN can join the uh, list with FBI. It's, but <laughs> wow, it's not a long list, but it's a proud list. Yeah, I don't know if did that make the uh, did that make uh, sports confidential? It didn't. I imagine, unlike FBI, the FBI didn't get rid of you because of budget cuts. Was I imagine ECN probably did. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I tell you that uh, I volunteered at, at FBI and I didn't get paid much more at SEN. Anyway, so there's a stadium opening, right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at how uh, the Roosters are talking about this. Since Rugby League began in Australia, there has always been the red, white and blue. All right, that's fair enough. Since we took the field all the way back in 1908, we have always remained in Park, our heartland. Except when they had it. Because the first part of that is clearly a dig at the side that took a couple of years out. Yep. All right. Which oh, is, yeah. Okay, fair enough. There's nothing you can do about that. That's already, that's history. That's that's black and white. It's in the books. But if we're talking about having a couple of years off, what about 1987 when the Roosters they, played at uh, Henson Park? Henson Park, absolutely. What about 1986? Where'd they play then? Parramatta Stadium. What mm-hmm. about uh, 1948? Where'd they play then? Red Fern Oval. What about uh, half a dozen games in the 1930s? <laughs> Pratton Park. Pratton Park. West. As their home ground. ground. As their home ground. And don't you love, like, they're trying to pull the emotional string about we took solid with Moore Park? Like, yeah. it is basically a suburb where basically no one lives. <laughs> Pretty much, apart yeah. from Clovermore. Yeah, true. Well, let's keep going. No, that's Redfern. Let's keep going through this, um, this video. In 2019, when the rebuild commenced, we stayed loyal. Like we always do. Moving to the Sydney Cricket Ground and made it a fortress that other teams feared playing at. We set records and celebrated milestones in front of bumper crowds. Now they did some they did some they did some fun things at, at SCG, but Chris, you were there a few times. How many times do you reckon you went? Twelve? Uh, no, 20? I, I reckon I probably got at least twenty games under my belt. What do you reckon how do you reckon the crowd was? Uh, there, no, no, there were bumper crowds. At the Anzac Day fixture. Oh, Dragons fans. Yeah, and yep. I guess they played three in that time period there. So that's crowds plural because seriously, I mean, you could really relax uh, out there at the at the old goal because there was a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just huge sways well, of the stadiums with empty. Is that where they got the idea for no lines? There's like some of the Roosters officials are at the SCG for a Roosters game. There's no line for the bar. Like, this is great. This is how it <laughs> should be. Change to the bathroom. And I did notice that downstairs in the Barongal stand, there's actually there was, there was big screen TVs turned on their side that had a list saying where the queue was shortest for the beers. And the entire thing was closed. That's right. And so it says all these queues are really short. <laughs> None of them are open. There's no queues. <laughs> That's what it's going to be at the new. Sydney Footy Stadium. Well, let's keep rolling on this video. Now, with a brand new home to call our own, we're ready to etch a new chapter of our history and continue our legacy in Roosters' heartland. Now, they've got a stadium to call their own. Chris, you're more up with uh, societal goings on and, and stuff than I am. So, you said $800 million for the stadium? 828 I believe, is the final figure. So, well, where Roosters get eight 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 hundred twenty million million from? For yes. their for their stadium, 
Yes, that's a very, very good point. Yes. Now, secondly, Roosters territory. We're in Redfern. We can see the stadium from here. Mm-hmm. Now, that would suggest to me that maybe... Are you saying it's on the border? It's on the battlefront? It's, it's not on the top floor of the Bondi Junction car park. It's on the line in the sand. It's you, right on the line in you, the sand. You don't buy the Anzac Parade delineator? No, no. You can have... They got all of the eastern suburbs, but only where you can see ocean. Pat, now remember, you're meant to be a journalist, but I'm I am, I'm, I, I'm sensing a little bit of bias emerging here. Where's I, I think that's that's all quite reasonable. What I said, hundred percent. I'm I'm with him. Are you got more from that video? No, that's the last one. That can, video. Can I just say though, what that video reminds me when they use that sort of cod, um, semi-world music, yeah. with a little bit of a techno undertone, yeah, right. right? Essaying what is just what we heard there, which is summarised under those three. Powerful, portentous words, the rooster's way. Let me tell you, the rooster's way is just a bucket full of lies. That's all I'm saying. It's a sham. If I had the coach whisper in my corner, I'd never lose. I'd never lose. 7-0, and baby. Wow, 7-0. and We're on the way. Big stadium. We're all going to be there. Very excited. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it looks like the ladder could potentially be inconsequential, but still a huge game because of the stadium. Now, a friend of the show, Dennis Carnahan, <laughs> pointed this out that Buzz has got a better idea. Oh, yuck. Wild card. No. You know, what they should, if that's no. the case, how about we move the game from Aliens to Acor? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that big. Move it to the MCG and get 100,000. That be the best thing you've ever said. Yeah. I like the dumbest that. thing. Maybe the opening of Allianz Stadium is so big. They need why to move limit? It. Yeah, why limit it to forty-two thousand? Hundred percent. Open the uh, open Allianz Stadium at a core stadium. There are a couple people. So, Karianis called Buzz out there. He, that's not the only time this week he got called out. A few panelists were given to the house. A few panelists, not me. Now there was a couple. Yeah, right. About uh, not retaining Reynolds, and that it was the worst decision they'd made, and that Reynolds was the buy of the year. Is that still how you think? Um, I don't think Adam Reynolds is the buyer of the year in light of what's happened over the last is month. He, so you no, think it's the right decision? He's had a good year. President he's had a good Adam year. Reynolds. I just, but there was a lot of panelists saying that, that, that they should well, have kept. Well, hold on. Well, can oh, we? Uh, uh, you know yeah. when it's. We'll keep an eye on that now. I just don't know where that came from. That was a bit hard to follow because there. But if you made it, because Braith really struggles with the word panelist. He wasn't a few panelists. Yeah, was he saying penniless? Penniless? Was he saying pianist? I was. It sorry. might be hard to follow because they were talking over each other. But if you're this far through our podcast, you'd probably have a <laughs> fairly high tolerance to that. But so the, the Reynolds height was pretty big through the middle of the year, mm-hmm. and it's gone quiet. Um, obviously, you can only really call what you see. So when Broncos are going well, you're going to say that. When they're not going well, you're not going to say that. But yeah, Braith called him called him out on it. And Buzz said that he didn't think they were by the year. But on June 29th, he had this to say. You know, Braith, it's by the year versus by the year. Uh, Townsend v Reynolds and the contribution they've both made. <laughs> wow. Moving on. So, uh, on um, Sharks played the Bulldogs. Did they? They did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there might be as many worst games of the year as there are buys of the year because there's... <laughs> For Feder and Tolman said goodbye, James Graham described Aiden Tolman as a real perpetual motion machine. Real? Yeah, defying all physics, yeah. Actual and real. Real, yeah. Wow. Um, at the 68th minute, there was quite a stirring moment. All the fans uh, stood up and cheered. Yep. Greatest try in Sharks history. Mm. Yep. Uh, lucky for the fans, Ennis was commentating it. And this is I what, knew what it was. And this is what he said about the moment. The match-winning try. Oh, for Feder. For Feder. Now, is that him trying to do like a Ray Warren commentary? So that's him doing Brendan Cowell doing him in the post-match interview after the grand final. So that's him saying, him making fun of himself. How you feeling? Oh, I can't believe it. Fafuda. Fafuda. He's he's actually making fun of the fact that other people have been making fun of him and he wants to say, I'm in on the joke. I yeah. should be made fun of. I'm I'm trying to join. That is meta. It's a little bit that like, is so it's a little meta. Bit like that, Morrison. That's inception. That's so many levels. It's a little deep. bit like ScoMo doing memes. 
Yeah. You know, about the multiple ministries. You know, the Doctor Strange and the multiple ministries movie or whatever he's in, yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on from that. Uh, we, we heard before Gus, Gus say this. But Michael, have- but Michael Bublé is a really cool dude. He's a very now, making fun of, of that does remind me of we have been talking a lot recently about Matty Johns and his taste in things. Yeah, yeah. He's never never said that. <laughs> Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé is a cool dude. Gus, I'm uh, sorry, Matty Johns repeats himself. Tends to repeat himself. Yep, we've so heard that. Yep. Same. Listen to a podcast and you just keep getting the same same one over and over. They can rehash old ground. So Gus and Matt Thompson had a moment where they rehashed old ground. For the six tackles, coolest man... In rugby league. What brought this on? Well, we talked about it last week or the week before. Not with me, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I said Nico Hines would have to be the coolest bloke in the game. And you said... Mm, 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 mm. Do you remember that episode uh, of Gus where he said... Mm, 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 mm. No, I don't recall him saying that. I was saying no, just, no, 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 no. They just dropped the clip in again of the conversation. <laughs> By the way, they concluded that there was no cool West Tigers player. And I think that the Raiders was Corey Horsburgh, but I could be wrong there. Yeah, that's taking me seriously. No, who was who was the? There was no Tigers player. They couldn't the, find a cool Tiger. Dan Laurie's pretty cool. Uh, he didn't pass my. But I don't know what their definition of cool is. Who's the one in Melbourne? The Tigers player. No, oh, they, were giving, they were giving Pappenhausen. Not for Correct. They're giving Pappenhausen. Yeah, Pappenhausen's pretty cool. Oh, they're saying he's yeah, the yeah. coolest. No, but, but I'm saying the Tiger that's playing in Melbourne. Oh, not for Because not for he's probably the coolest Tiger. One of the most decorated Tigers in history. Look, it's yeah. it's look. Let's be honest. It's either Nofaluma, Leilua, or Gildart. Unfortunately, none of them are playing with us right now. I did see that beautiful moment a couple of weeks ago, and I missed the show, couldn't point it out, that Robbo, in his press conference after they'd pulled the Tigers' pants down to the tune of, what was 70-something? Yeah, yeah, it was 100 points to four. Yeah. Lee over York. Go on. He, he sat sat down with James Tedesco in the press, and they were very serious, and they were very earnest, and they said, you know, what do you think about the Tigers? And Robbo has turned to Tedesco and said, well, two of us are, you know, Tigers Club legends. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. had a good laugh. Yeah, I know. He yeah. really enjoys his jokes. Yeah, so does Robbo. Yeah. Four first grade games, I think he played. I, think it was I mean, three. that's Kent like. I think it was three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just finishing off there, so on what, what cool means, you know, we pretty much feel like we have a good grasp, if, if only by what not to do. I'm not sure what Matt Na- oh, not Matt Nable. I know what Matt Nable's version of cool is. It's Matt Nable. Um, what Matt Thompson's version of cool is. I tossed up whether we should throw the girls in, but I think we're getting ourselves into very dangerous territory if we start. Well, I've just had a, I've just had a look at. <laughs> you didn't say that. Uh, I didn't say it. <laughs> you can't treat the audio. It's all legit. Wow. Yeah, my voice. You can hear my voice from down the hall. That's not my voice. Wow. I think Billy Boyle is one of the coolest NRL players in the world. <laughs> wow. So Channel 9 is trying not to rank chicks. They're doing everything they can. It's yeah. like with Google. When Google's, but, Google's motto is don't be evil, that says to me they're inherently, they are <laughs> evil and they're trying not to be. So they're saying don't rank chicks. We're not sex. Me, we won't be sex. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. How did Facebook come about? Anyway, let's go. <laughs> I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 texts. I just... <laughs> Uh, finally going through blowing up Deluxe. Um, we've already covered off on it, but Sam Tian, uh brought up how many different ways Fox Sports uh, said... Uh, Swali. 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 So we've got two for no, the show. No, so Swali. So what are we up to three for Swali-i. the show? <laughs> well, so the, the, he's had two himself publicly. Yeah, he has. That's true. Oh, it turned Swali around. Beat Swali. Swalee has gone over the other side. Swalee's there as well. That's not Swalee. Xavier Coates. Swalee. That was risky there, Joey. Swalee just had one or, or Swalee. Like he was. And then on uh, on Thursday night, when when Parramatta toppled the Broncos, Emma Dominey pointed out that Andrew Voss said. Short kick off Brisbane, and Blake is all over it. And he's got an opportunity to run as well. 30 might not be all she wrote in the first half for Parramatta. 30 might not be all she wrote, which seems like a really bad murder she wrote pun. <laughs> really bad. Wow. Oh. 
But I won't. We won't have criticism of Vossi on this show. No, I won't. No, I won't. I'm not, I'm not every joke I've made's a winner for sure. <laughs> Nonsense. Um, I'm sure I've done some, um, some something as bad as thirty she wrote. Keep going. Keep, <laughs> keep digging. Chris, can I hand it over to you? Have you got any new reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels? Well, I feel exhausted, Dennis, and there's something I want to discuss about Sassini, which I'll discuss with Pat next week in the wake of whatever happens this weekend. Uh, I wanted to reflect on the fact that Junior We could Patrick, go over it on Friday night after the game, but I don't know how... how what state you'll be I in. I don't know how much value I'll be. <laughs> I kind of wanted to make the joke about Junior Pogo from the West Tigers applied to join the group YKTR, but was refused. Understandably. Uh, so I didn't find the bandwidth this week for another reason to dislike the Parramatta Eels oh, until didn't. I turned to you. Well, yeah, I, I did find one this week. It, and it's it really is the same old one as the arrogance. It's the number of Eels fans who've texted me on Thursday night saying, ha, hey, how do you like us now? Hey, do we do you a favour? Hey, how about <laughs> us? Hey, do you love the Eels now? Hey, that, that arrogance, that arrogance. The Raiders' fate is in their own hands. It's in their own hands. The rugby league gods put it there. It's nothing to do with the Parramatta Eels. The Parramatta Eels, they found a flat track. That's all I can say. It was a flat track up in Brisbane. They've already got the most points by eighth spot. And exactly. they've still got another week to go. Exactly. So that arrogance is the same old and yet another reason to dislike the Parramatta Eels. And I would like to thank you there for Dennis, but I got distracted because Nathan Brown's just called me. Has he? Well, with that, we're all fired up. So please join Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta. Follow Fire Up NRL on Twitter. And join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group, which is growing week by week. And join us again next week for Fire Up. No, that was Liu. Liu was the unsexy player. Sorry. Takiyaho. Very sexy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 